Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. Recently, we had a priest visiting us from Colorado from our time there when the kids were little. We would spend a lot of time in Colorado. And Father Michael said, if you find that a lot of the Jewish people are turning to Christ, uh, prepare yourself because when that happens, the end of the world is near. I don't know about you. I have a lot of friends who follow prophetic conversations and many of the things that are going on in the world seem to be pointing to a change in what's going on in our lives and the routines and the normal schemes of how the world is operating seem to be up for grabs if we don't become conscious, if we don't align ourselves with our highest aspirations as human beings and begin to pay attention to the consequences that are coming from our ways of behaving. One of the things we know is that God revealed himself to the Jewish people and that we have built our church on top of that foundation. All of our beliefs start from the beliefs in God revealing himself, revealing his names, revealing his character, at the edge of all that can be seen and understood by our senses. Our reason can reach a certain place in the knowledge of the world. Beyond it, the place where we have a lot of questions that are not answered, we realize that science meets faith. And in that place where science meets faith, we have the conversation between man and God. What is faith is a gift. Is the gift of the revelation that God is a person, not like us, not with a white beard, <laughs> not like that, but God is a person in the sense that he speaks to us, that he has a relationship with us, and that he became one of us, that he wanted to take form in the world as a way to guide us to that divine existence to which we are destined. In the readings for today, we are reminded that Israel is the chosen nation. In Romans chapter 9, Paul says, My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. I wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are children of Israel. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises, the patriarchs, and from them according to the flesh is Christ, who is overall God-blessed forever. 
Paul is a master of these long sentences that just keep building up truth upon truth. The Jewish people have the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the law, the worship, all of it. And Jesus is Jew. And he says he begins a new covenant with God and we are to follow that covenant. We have to remember that that original promise made to the Jewish people is still activated in that it behooves us to look at the statutes and the commandments that are written for our benefit so that we know how to relate to the divine in the world. Psalm 147 speaks of the same theme. theme. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He's granted peace in your borders. He sends forth his command. He's proclaimed his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. He has not done thus for any other nation. The Israel of these readings is that of today as well. They are the chosen people. And when we choose to be in relationship with God, when we choose to align our hearts with God, when we choose to look inside of our hearts and see what God has written there for us, then we are doing what God commanded to the Jewish people. We are attending to God's seasons and times, his laws and his recommendations for how to achieve happiness and how to live in unity with one another. In Luke chapter 14, we continue on these two readings. Jesus is shown on a Sabbath coming to dine at the house of one of the leading Pharisees. And that was a common practice for teachers to come to houses where they would be imparting knowledge sharing in discussions. They would recline at table, and while they were eating, there would be a conversation. And while that's happening, Jesus is under the microscope. We see that there's someone there that is suffering from dropsy. So there is a man that is not named. He might be an onlooker. And if you've looked at any books or paintings from people that have studied those times, they depict a home that had the dining section in the middle, but there would be sort of a gallery around that central table where people would be reclining and speaking. And it seems like people from the village could come in and kind of listen while that event was happening. And that is why we find a man that is unnamed, but has a condition that is there in front of Jesus. Jesus doesn't address the man's suffering, but he speaks to the scholar and scholars of the law and the Pharisees. But he speaks to them in reply, which means that there had been an ongoing conversation and that Jesus knew even the things that were not directed at him because he could read the hearts of people. He can read your heart. He can read my heart. He can read our intentions and he won't do anything unless we ask him, Lord, judge me. Lord, align me. Lord, show me the strategy that I need for my life so that I can be counted amongst your people and that those that you've entrusted to me can be counted amongst your people. Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? 
says Jesus. But they kept silent. They didn't respond. Jesus knew exactly what the question was. It was there in the air. A man suffering. They know Jesus has been curing all the way from Jericho to Jerusalem. In all the last chapters, a lot of miracles. And they're watching to see if he will do something. I wonder if maybe they even invited this person to come in so they would have a response from Jesus. We don't know that. But Jesus asks and no answer comes from these learned people who are used to sitting and talking and impressing one another with their theological understanding. But when it comes to practice, when it comes to actually practicing and helping on the Sabbath, They seem to be frozen in place. They have no words. So Jesus gets into action. He takes the man. And look how quick Luke tells us the story. After he had healed him, dismissed him. He doesn't tell us the details. He doesn't tell us in this story what he does. But he emphasizes the conversation, the watching, the unspoken question by the scholars and Pharisees that is spoken by Jesus, the silence of the audience, the action of Jesus, and then the dismissal of the man that is healed, done, gone. And Jesus then addresses them after he has dealt with the justice of a person that needed his healing. Who among you, if your son or ox falls in, in, into a cistern, wouldn't you pull them out on the Sabbath day? Yet again, they are unable to answer this question. What question is Jesus asking you that you are pretending you don't know the answer to, that you are just lollygagging, that you are asking tons of people about it, that you are wondering if you have enough information, that you are afraid to answer because you think it's going to rock the boat, that you don't want to answer like the scholars and the Pharisees are not answering the question because they know that it puts them in a conundrum. So let us go to the throne, Father Almighty. We want to be sheep that hear Jesus' voice. We know that he knows us, and we want to follow him. Give us the strength to be counted amongst the sheep of the house of Israel, that we can serve you, Father, our Adonai, our good, good Father, that we can be protected in mind and body, in emotions and in soul, from any fiery darts of the enemy, by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.